0: Hey, I'm Kim Short, and it's time to get your podcast on. Welcome to What Led Her Here, exploring the defining experiences of women's lives. My guest today is me. (laughs) We are switching things up today and putting me in the hot seat. I thought it would be cathartic for me to kick off season two and share my own story. So my friend Char Ray is taking the reins as guest host for the day. So thank you, Char. Kim, I'm so excited that the tables are turned today.
1: (laughs) So let me tell you a little bit about my friend Kim, who I've been fortunate enough to know for... I think over eight years. She is a mother of three girls, or should I say teens, because you know that we change up when our girls become teens. A small business owner, a new podcaster, an actress, volunteer, and a dog lover. And what I think is so amazing about this woman is Kim has been able to take her passion of empowering women and girls and use it and apply it in her personal and professional life with everything that she does. So I would like to welcome you here, Kim, uh, to your own show. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Cher. And you know what? I think that the perfect question to ask you uh,
0: to start is what led you here? Well, that is a perfect question. <laughs> um, you know what? The idea for this podcast originally came to me a couple of years ago, and it really came from spending time with girlfriends just over dinner or drinks or whatever, and always coming away with these amazing pieces of advice, right? Whether it was mostly regarding parenting, that seems to be a hot topic for the ladies, right? For sure. Um, But also just regarding, you know, marriage and just womanhood in general. And I just thought, how cool would it be to share those nuggets of wisdom with the world, right? So that's where the idea originally came from. And of course, I sat on that idea, as we do, right? We don't think, you know, why me? How could I? Like, who am I to do something like this? So I sat on that idea for months. And then I actually was chatting with a friend of mine, a friend, uh, Courtney, who was actually one of our guests, uh, season one. And I told her about this idea. And she said, well, just do it. And I was like, well, it's just not that simple. And she said, of course it is. Just do it. So if anyone knows Courtney McLeod, that's just her, right? She just is a go-getter, and I love her. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to get off my butt and get this started. So with help from lots of lovely people, I managed to get this thing off the ground, and recording season one was so much fun, just interviewing these incredible women. And there are so many incredible women just right here in our very own little area of the world, in greater Toronto area, Um, and I just feel so lucky to not only have them in my life, but that they trusted me to share their stories. So that is what led me here. <laughs> well, you know what? And you said the perfect word. They are stories,
1: right? We all have these incredible stories and these stories become other people's lifelines. So I think it's so important to be able to share, you know, our experiences and also use those to help lift others. So I've got like a hundred questions running through my head right now, because <laughs> I want to ask you like everything under the sun, but you know what? I actually wanted. to start by talking about your season one. I'm really curious to know um, what some of the common themes were and what were some of your learnings? What were some of the things that you were able to pick up from these women? Because I mean, I know Courtney was one of them. Yeah. I I know Courtney a little bit as well, Uh, but I'd like to know, what did you pick up? What were some of the life lessons you got from these women?
0: Well, you know, it made me so happy to be able to relate in some way to each of them for sure. And it also just brought me such joy to know that there are these common themes that are woven throughout our lives, throughout our stories, that we can all relate to. And that's why it's so important to get those messages out there, right? So I think definitely at the top of the list was living authentically, right? Is taking those masks off. Um, you know, shedding the expectations, you know, kicking that addiction to being liked to the curb and really just living in our own truth and also being vulnerable. That's a huge one is like having the courage to be vulnerable, which then gives other people the permission to do the same. Absolutely. And that's a tough place to be for a lot of
1: people right, being vulnerable, being really exposed and raw, right, because there's, people are afraid of so much judgment that comes with that. So... When you talk about living authentically and having the permission to be vulnerable, where does that take you? Like, are there aspects of your childhood that maybe didn't allow you to be that way? I mean, if you're learning these lessons now, there were obviously lessons that you didn't have as a child. So I'm I'm just curious, you know, obviously exploring vulnerability.
0: I don't think you can do that without diving into that inner child. Absolutely. I totally agree. And you know what? It's a topic for me, like my childhood, my upbringing, that has brought a lot of shame for a long time. Um, You know, I grew up in a, I mean, what I would call a dysfunctional family. I mean, I think to a point we all have some dysfunction, but I just always felt a lot of shame around my upbringing and how like it wasn't normal. Um, that word normal, like I so craved normalcy. When we have a lot of shame and secrecy around something in our lives, which like for me was my childhood, I don't know, it, it uh, doesn't allow us to be who we are. We don't feel comfortable putting our real selves out there because we don't think that it will be acceptable to others, yeah. right? And I think the one big lesson that I was missing then, which I've learned, thankfully, in you know, as I've grown into adulthood, is that vulnerability and authenticity is so key. Because when we put that out there into the world, that's when we create deep connections with people. It's not when we're like, you know, chipper and cheery. And, you know, we have this like great little small talk going with people like, no, that's that surface stuff mm-hmm. is like, no, thank you. Like, I don't have time for that anymore. Right. Right. I totally agree. It's like when we, you know, get deep and into that real stuff that we can really relate to one another as people. Right. And I think that kind of relatability and connection is so important and it's what makes our lives rich. Cause you know, what's the point if we're not, you know, being real. I totally agree with you. And I think you
1: really hit a key point when you're talking about, you know, being vulnerable and being able to connect with people. Uh, And it sounds as though just from, even from some of the casual conversations that you and I have had, is that connection actually happened with you first. Like you found some space in your, in your own spirit, if you will, to connect. Right. And,
0: And I think that's what makes it easier to connect with others. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, you know, it took a long time to get, to, to realize that I needed to make changes in my own self to become my fullest, most authentic self. I know that you can relate to becoming a mom and how we, how that, you know, causes such a change in us. And a little story here. that I haven't told many people, but, um, when I was pregnant with my twins who are now 15, um, you know, we didn't, we weren't sure if we wanted to know the, their gender. Mm-hmm. So we, um, we went for the ultrasound and we had the technician seal it in an envelope. Mm -hmm. And so we got out to the parking lot and that's as far as we made it. We ripped the envelope open. Well, my husband did. Uh And um, he said, what do you think? And I said, two boys. And I said that because I had grown up as, you know, what they termed in those days, a tomboy. Like Mm. I could relate to boys. I just, I did a lot of quote unquote boy things. I climbed trees. I played in dirt. You know, this was just like natural to me. So I just felt like when I was pregnant and expecting children, that that was what made sense for me. So I said, two boys. And my husband, Chris said, nope. And I said, one of each. He said, nope. And I said, oh God, (laughs) (laughs) oh boy. Okay. So, you know, that was the beginning of this beautiful journey for me because it was this shift where. I had to open myself up to all this newness and these things that were quite unfamiliar to me. And, you know, through the last 15 years, it's been this beautiful journey and this beautiful learning for me, because as I'm teaching my girls to be strong, independent thinkers and just, you know, all around kick-ass young women, I have learned those lessons myself to be confident, to be just, just strong and, and authentic. So I, they, they are my biggest gift and they have given me this incredible gift of all these learnings which i might not have had
1: i really agree with you kim i truly believe that the universe delivers in a way for your own awakening and i think for you that's exactly what your girls were they were they were delivered for your awakening yeah and let's be honest right when you start on this journey, it's not pretty. I mean, right when you think about it, think about some of the things that you had to kind of unravel and those, you know, can of worms, you kind of had to open up to figure out who you were and who you wanted to be for your girls. So I would love to hear a part of your awakening and your evolution. Like what are some of
0: the things that maybe you sought out to do to help you through this? Yeah. You know what it was? I think it was probably around the age of, I don't know, 35 or so. I think I had finally, um, let myself, I, I think I let my guard down a little bit. Okay. I'm trying to figure out how to put this into words so it makes sense. But I think, you know, when you're a mom and when you're in the thick of it at, with young kids, you don't have the time sometimes to put on those masks that you would have put on before, right. right? Those figurative masks of like looking pretty and being perfect and all this stuff. Like you're just surviving. And sometimes, you know, you just, it, stuff just happens and you're just, you put yourself out there your real self unknowingly almost, you know, just cause you're so busy and crazy with mothering. Right. As that started to happen, and I started to slowly put more and more of my real self out there, and it was accepted by other people. I was like, oh, that's interesting. They like that. All right, let me give them a little more of Kim, you know? Yeah. So it was just this bizarre, you know, totally, unconscious way of dipping my toe in and being accepted and then feeling comfortable to do it more and more and more. And so I think that's how it started, oddly enough. (laughs) You know what? And it's
1: funny that you say that because I noticed a very similar situation where I just started being myself. like. You know, I'd used to walk to the bus stop with my hair unbrushed and maybe my shoelaces untied and, you know, other moms would look at me and say, it's so nice to see that, you know, you're just as unkept as I am because we're just trying to be moms, you know? So you're right. There is that really weird, um, uh, you know, this sisterhood that comes with motherhood where, you know, I get you and you get me. So I think that's, I think that's really beautiful. It's a great way to really start getting in touch with who you are as an individual and just, you know, keeping it raw and keeping it real. Yeah, totally. So if I was to ask you, Kim, at this point, um, what has helped you heal through your story? So what part of your stories did you feel like you needed the most healing from and what parts of your life now have helped you do that? Right. Because storytelling is very cathartic for a lot of people. So I'm just curious to know what parts you feel really needed healing And what has healed now?
0: You know, there are definitely some things that have healed. There's still wounds there for sure that are unresolved. Um, But as far as healing, I definitely feel like the lack of confidence that I had as a kid um, has come a long way for me. And like I said, it was. As I put more and more of my authentic self out there and I felt that acceptance and that love and support from people, um, that made me know that I was going in the right direction. And then, like I said, the, um, you know, also teaching my girls that same thing, it just reinforced that, yes, this is the right thing. So I think it's just been this, this journey that continues and will go on of all the time putting my real self out there and knowing when it feels right to me. And if it feels right to me, um, doing it, no matter what I think others reactions might be. And that's a huge one, especially with this podcast. This was a big step for me, right? Because I didn't know if people were going to connect to these messages, but at the end of the day, after I did those season one interviews, I believed so strongly in those stories and those women and the messages that they had that I said, you know what, of course I want people to connect with them and love them, but even if that doesn't happen, I am so proud of what we're putting out there into the world that, you know, sort of like, fuck it. I am so, (laughs) I'm happy with this and it, it feels so good and authentic to me that, You know, we're just going to do this. We're just going to go for it. I think you said,
1: um, you actually said the most perfect word and it's acceptance. I think if most of us, if all of us can just accept where we are right now, regardless of what's happened in our past and deciding in this moment, how we want to move forward, um, That acceptance is, I think, where a lot of that shame and guilt um, and that judgment starts falling away. Like, I think we all have to find a space where we're just good with who we are, right? Like, and wherever that is, uh, and if that's the point of where our journey is going to start, but we all just have to be good. So I'm really curious, at what age do you feel like this awakening happened for you?
0: Well, I definitely feel like it started in my mid thirties, but for sure 40. And, you know, there seems to be this thing about the forties with women. So many women who I've talked to have this awakening at that time in their lives. And I think a lot of us who are mothers anyway, have narrowed it down to, you know, we're out of that intense parenting phase when they're young and it's so, so, so demanding. Obviously there are different demands now as they become teenagers, it's more of an emotional demand. Right. But I think we can finally, um, you know, as the kids become more independent, we can sort of reflect on where we are and who we are. Right. Right. Whereas for so long, it was so focused on the kids and not, you know, depending on who you are on career on whatever and you, you finally have this flexibility and this space to, um, think like, oh, well, what's next for me? What does this next chapter look like as the kids get older? You know, who am I? Um, and for me, it was like, what legacy do I want to leave? And that, that sounds so big and almost ridiculous when I say it but it's true. It's like, I am here on this earth for a reason. And I want to leave it a better place. And, you know, for me, like women's empowerment and you know, the empowerment of my daughters in particular, because it all started there really is what I've found to be my passion and really my mission.
1: Uh, You know what? And I think that's a great mission. I think that's what happens to most of us as mothers is we look at our kids and we say, okay, well, I want them to have a different upbringing than what I had. So what do I need to do? right now, right? Like, yeah. like you said, when you're in the thick of it and you're changing diapers and you're getting up in the middle of the night to feed them and, uh, and do their laundry, I mean, really you can't think about anything else except yeah. for that. So, um, you know, identifying that aspect in your life where you say, okay, um, I need to do something about myself so I can be better for them and I can empower them and they have a better childhood than I did, right? That becomes. Really important when you have that five seconds to put your feet up and think about it, right?
0: (laughs) Well, and that's so true. And that's exactly it. I I definitely felt like there were certain things missing from my upbringing. And I, like I said earlier, I did not have the confidence. I did not feel empowered. I mean, that's a whole can of worms there, right? It really is. But it's so true. And that is why it is so important to me to give those things to my daughters because those were the things that were missing for me. That took me decades to like recover from, to be honest. And I just would like to give them a leg up so that they can struggle less. Obviously, you know, everybody has to go through their ups and downs, their unique life experiences to become who they're meant to be. Right. But, you know, if I can make it a little easier for them and give them some tools that will make their journey a little less bumpy then. I want to do that.
1: Yeah. And I think, again, you said it perfectly. I mean, the tools, like the tools that I know I didn't have growing up. And obviously it sounds like, um, you know, like you said earlier, we all come from our own dysfunction, Yeah. but we never had tools, any coping mechanisms, right. For the stresses and the things that were happening in our life. Um, So I'm curious, would you be able to identify a specific life lesson that has really shaped you? Out to be the Kim short that's sitting in front of
0: me right now. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know what? This is something that has come to me and that I tell my daughters all the time, I know they're sick of hearing it, Um, but I can't say it enough because it's really to just embrace your authentic self. Because, you know, when we do that, we find our people, right? Right. And it's, you know, and I always tell my girls, like, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. Those were not, they weren't meant to be your people. But when you put your real self out there and you find those people who love it and who you connect with, who you really click with, then you have found your people, right? The people who are going to be with you through all the ups and downs. And like, that is like, but it takes courage, right? Like, it does we have to be vulnerable in order to do that because we have to be prepared that not everybody is going to like us. And I think that's a huge lesson too, that I've taught my daughters is that you have to be ready for some people to just be like, "Mm, no, thanks. And Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, we feel that away, that way about certain people too. Right. Right. But when we do find those people, you just know it, right. You just click with them and you feel it in your bones and, you know, but we can't get to that place unless we, are putting our true raw, real selves out there. So I have a question for you. Um, prior to your awakening,
1: is there anything that you felt like you did to fit in? You know, I, I mean, I know high school for us was different and I know I did a lot of things to fit in. Like, did you feel like you had to
0: be this person just to fit in and feel like a part of something. Oh, totally. Like for many years and even into adulthood, which it's, it sucks to say that because I feel like I wasted so many years trying to figure out what other people wanted me to be Mm -hmm. like, what's acceptable for me to, to put out there, you know? And yeah, there were, I just remember, and I think that's actually why I don't, I didn't have meaningful friendships until adulthood, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, not many anyway, because I think there was always that barrier that I created by not being authentic. And so people couldn't really connect with me Mm -hmm. because I think they sensed, right. You know, when somebody's Mm -hmm. not being real, you sense it. You're like, you have a yucky feeling about Mm it. Um, not only do you feel yucky because you know, you're not putting your authentic self out there, but other people sense that vibe as well. So I think this self-imposed barrier that I put up really didn't allow for meaningful relationships until like not many anyway, until adulthood. And isn't that a shame? Like, and that's a huge lesson for my girls, right? Cause I want them to have those friendships because now in adulthood, especially in the last few years, um, as I've put myself out there, um in all my human fallibility and just mm-hmm. whatever you know i um i have connected with some incredible women and just feel like i have this amazing sisterhood and um you know my one daughter she commented to me like oh you have so many friends like aren't you lucky and i said i am lucky but it wasn't always that way yeah and here's why and i told her all of what i just said to you and you know so I just feel like those relationships are so important. And the sooner we can build them and let people in, the better we will be. And so if you
1: hadn't had any of these experiences, and if you hadn't learned these lessons,
0: can I ask you something? How do you think your life would be different today? Oh, it would be, you know what? Oh, like I'm getting emotional just thinking about it yeah. because... I definitely would not be as fulfilled. I wouldn't be as happy. And I wouldn't be making the impact that I'm making. And and it sounds so like, like to even say those words seems so almost conceited, you know, to, mm-hmm. to say, yes, I'm making an impact, but you know what? I want to own that because I should. really, I, I feel, but that's one of those things, right? We're, we're yeah. taught not to, not to toot our own horns. Right. And that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just... Like I see the women who are, you know, responding to this podcast, for example, I see how they're getting it. They're like totally digging the vibe of it. Right. Yeah. I see how my daughters, like as they're growing older and they're forming their own opinions about things. And I see that I've done well in teaching them and that stuff just, oh it makes me so happy. And I know that I'm doing the right stuff. And you know what? I think the big thing,
1: like, I think the only way that we can be that person that we need to be for ourselves, for our daughters, for our beautiful friends. I mean, it sounds like you've got such an amazing tribe is by having some self-love, like, right. Think about some of the things that you've had to do to really fall in love with yourself again right and you can only do that really if it if you fall in love with that real part of you yeah. right that real that raw that vulnerable that authentic part yeah and so it sounds as though you've gotten to a space where where that is a part of who you are which i think is a gift yeah. i really think it's a gift and i and i hope that a lot of women have an opportunity to discover what loving themselves is really like. So that's really amazing. Okay. So I want to ask you another question. Like I said, there's tons floating through my head. So (laughs) what do you feel is important to share from your life lesson with other women? Right. Like, what do you feel like, what is the most important part? And obviously there's, it's multidimensional, right? There's so many parts that sort of bleed into one another. Yeah. But if you were to say, this is a lesson I want to drive home. Yeah. What would
0: that be? It's to be gentle and patient with yourself. Oh, beautiful. Because we are so, uh, I'm getting emotional again. Shar, what are you doing to me? <laughs> Listen, we're, we're doing a really good job. I, then, I'm right? such a crier. It's, it's, it doesn't take <laughs> much, but um, I, I think we are so freaking hard on ourselves as women, as moms. Like we always, I mean, I should shouldn't say we. I, my experience is that I never feel like I'm doing enough, whether it's in my business, whether it's as a mom, a wife. Like I always, I put such pressure on myself and I'm trying to get better, but I, I put such pressure on myself to be this ideal and that's not realistic. And the perfectionism, like that's something I still struggle with today. Um, you know, and sometimes you get caught in doing nothing because you're afraid it won't be perfect. Right. Right. Which is so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And again, it all just, you know, even though I've come, I feel like a far way in, like you said, self-love and putting my real self out there, there's still this journey that's happening. And it's definitely not going to come to an end at any point. Like it's always something that I'm going to be embracing throughout my entire life is getting better is being, like I said, more, you know, like gentler and more patient with myself and just giving myself the space to evolve into my most fulfilled and authentic and joyful self. Yeah. And you know, when you say perfectionism,
1: I had the same issue and what I discovered about perfectionism is, is that we're often paralyzed when we can't be perfect because of what other people are going to think about ourselves. yeah. So, you know, that whole idea of judgment comes back into play. Um, so I think that's really important, again, that you're sharing this because so many of, so many of us are like caught in perfectionism, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to know what's next for you. What excites you about the future? Like, where are you taking this... Uh, this beautiful stuff that you're doing.
0: I am so excited that obviously season two, well, by the time everyone hears this, season two will be out, um, which is so exciting for me. I have had women reach out to me who I don't even know who want to be part of the What Led Her Here community and this mission to empower and inspire other women. And for me, for these women who don't even know me, to trust me to share their stories is so it's such a privilege. And I really, I I really take it as that. And I wanted, I want to do every single story justice and just, you know, putting out these, um, you know, these messages of inspiration is so important to me because so many women can relate to them. And it just allows us to know we're not alone. Like we all have stories, we all have messiness, but we also all have wisdom to share. We all do right? Even if like we're, we're just normal gals, but we all have advice and wisdom that we, that has come to us from our life experiences that is worthy of sharing. And that is so important for me to be a part of that. Uh, you know what? And I couldn't agree with you more. You're a hundred percent right.
1: Those are truly words of wisdom that you've just shared. Okay. So I know that you have a um, a final five. I do. A final five questions that you like <laughs> to I ha- like to ask everybody. So, I'm very excited to put you on the spot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so if you could have one superpower Kim, what would it be?
0: It would be the power I guess the courage to be vulnerable. Oh, that's what it. it would be. Yeah. And what does that mean to you?
1: Like the power to be vulnerable, like
0: being your real self all the time, just being raw all the time. Yeah. It just means, you know what, putting our real selves out there in just so that we can feel good about ourselves. And so we can, and also we can make deep connections with other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That is so great.
1: When you were a kid, what did you think you'd be when you grew up?
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, a couple funny stories. So one was um, an astronaut. And I actually went to space camp. When I was a kid, I think I was 12, and I went to space camp in Alabama. Oh, wow. And it was awesome. It was so much fun. My husband makes fun of me. He thinks I'm like such a dork. I'm like, it was awesome. I got to eat like freeze dried ice cream and like, (laughs) it was so fun. Um, and it was right around the time of that movie called space camp. Uh, Do you remember that movie? Yes, I do. And I thought it was like, I thought I was the coolest thing ever. I think we've just aged ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, um, I honestly always wanted to be a mom. And, um, you know, it's funny because one of my university professors, I remember him asking me, what do you want to be like after, you know, what are you going to do after you graduate? And I was like, well, I want to be a mom. And he's like, uh, no one's ever said that to me before. And he was obviously expecting an answer about career path, which I was, I did have a corporate job, uh, back in the day, um, which was very fulfilling at the time. Um, but you know, being a mom was just always something that felt really natural and just uh, something I always wanted to be part of my journey. Uh, You know what? And I think that that's what a lot of people forget is that
1: motherhood is a full-time job. You know, there's again, so many dimensions of it. I mean, think about it. It's actually your own company. You're managing a house, (laughs) you're managing financing, you are taking care of your employees, right? Like, so it's kind (laughs) of like, right. It's kind of, it's, you know, it's just not called, you know, it doesn't have a big corporate name. Um, Okay. So if, it were your last day on earth,
0: what would your final meal be? Well, I think we have something in common here, Char. Oh really? Because I, I, it would be pizza and I know that's, (laughs) that's yours as well. It is. It is. What's not good about pizza? Like it's just the perfect food. It really, really (laughs) is. I, I, and so tell me what were you, what would your toppings be? Um, Lots of cheese Mm -hmm. and lots of veggies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, In (laughs) fact, I could probably go for a slice right now.
1: Um, Who in um, history uh, do you admire in a a female form? Like who, which female has
0: had a great influence on you, let's say? Um, Well, she's still alive, (laughs) luckily. So if I could say current day, uh, that would be... um, Uh, my friend, Angel Friedman, who was also a guest in season one. And she is, wow. She is an amazing woman who really, um, gave me an education on what it means to be a feminist because growing up, that was a dirty word. Um, it had a very negative connotation that it was very anti-man that it was, you know, burning bras and, you know, a very divisive thing. Um, but she gave me this education is really a mentor to me even today in understanding about gender equality and Mm -hmm. what that means. And especially I'm not only as a woman, but as a mom of girls, how important that is that we are equal Right, right. So that for me, and she was also the director of the Vagina Monologues, which I was in yes. a few times. And for me, that experience was incredible. That Talk about amazing. getting out of your comfort zone.
1: Well, I listen, I feel like I've just been schooled too. So thank you for sharing that. And again, very open to learning wonderful things like this. Amazing. I, I'm going to have to meet this angel. Yes, she I is think an Appropriately angel. named. Um Okay.
0: What is your favorite quote? Oh, goodness. Well, I, you know, my daughters always make fun of me because they're like, oh my God, here we go with the inspirational quotes again. But I love me a good quote. Yeah. So it was really hard to pick one, but here's the one I picked. I actually, I don't know who it's by, but, um, it's here's to strong women. May we know them. May we be them. May we raise them. Oh, Kim,
1: (laughs) you're going to make me cry now. (laughs) Oh, I know. And again, being both of us mothers of daughters, I mean, I do have a son and, you know, like you said, gender equality, like there's so much to be said about that. But raising our girls just differently from how we were raised is so important. So. I think that's a perfect way to close. I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to interview you and giving us all an opportunity to hear your story. You are doing such amazing things with this community of women um, and bringing their stories to light. And like I said at the beginning... We never know when our stories become the lifeline for somebody else. And you have just given us all that opportunity to hang on and to learn and to evolve by hearing what we all
0: have to say. So I thank you so much for this, Kim. I am truly, truly honored. Oh, thank you, Char. This was fun. And uh, I think a really great way to kick off season two. I agree.